what's your what's your what was your first escape room experience? It was in Austin. There was a converted house, and it was mm-hmm. a series of keys and padlocks, and you had to figure out which key fit in which padlock. And I remember there was exactly pretty, one, one pretty puzzle. Crazy. Otherwise, you just had to find keys. Scavenger. Gotta find the keys. Yeah, it's a scavenger hunt. And it's the equivalent of a real gave, life they, like bad they, they explicitly gave you four four and five digit codes and you just had to figure out where those digits went. But Yikes. There was the only puzzle, there was a um poster on the wall with like a rainbow circle and then those rainbows there were numbers and then eventually you found a rainbow bracelet that corresponded to the poster and that was that was why did you stick with it why did you keep doing escape rooms after that because that sounds like shit i don't know that's a good i mean i I think (laughs) just like punishment when you put it like that i i don't really know why i do this to myself (laughs) jeff what about what about you What, what was your worst escape room experience are you not your worst but rather your first the first one was i did an escape room and like 2014 in san jose it was like it was a bunch of find stuff in the room and then do puzzles for specific locks like garrett was mentioning the problem that we had was i went with a pretty experienced group the problem that we had was everybody was trying to organize everything so once we had discarded you know typically in escape rooms once you kind of use something once it's done we discarded it all to the side and we were trying to find this thing, something like a like a key or a lock for for forever, and we ran out of time. We pretty much knew the, what the rest of the puzzle was going to be after what we unlocked. But come to find out, the pile that we made underneath that pile was a false floor, <laughs> and there's a key <laughs> in there. Funny. Whoops, that, that's pretty. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, I, my first experience was in, I think it was 2015, maybe, maybe 2016. Uh, I did like a tiki room, an escape room. It was actually really cool. Like there was a, an island that was exploding. It was a clock ticking down and they had like a big soundtrack that would rumble the room. Like, you know, the volcanoes getting ready to erupt and take everybody out. And, you know, as you got closer to the zero mark, it was pretty, pretty thematic. Lots of, but I will say there was a heavy amount of keys and padlocks, very much, and I was saying this earlier, Gary, very much like the, you know, the collect-a-thon mm-hmm. uh, board game, you know, style of gaming uh, that you see in, in, in some of the early, like, Banjo-Kazooie's Donkey Kong 64, but just in an escape room format. I, I, I think the takeaway that we can get here is there's a lot of ways to sort of muck up an escape room. So <laughs> what happens if you take a situation that's easy to sort of screw up and then completely change formats and go into board game <laughs> mode rather than the input. What could pop, what could go wrong with that gear? What could go wrong? I can't think of anything. I mean, okay. if maybe we, we, that's our, that's our tweet plug later in the maybe. show. We're going to ask, well, I don't, I mean, there's nothing that I saw. Nothing that went can wrong. possibly. The, make the immersive go. experience was not lost at all. Uh, I felt like I was in the room. Felt like I was physically holding keys and managing the fake floors beneath me. So if not, if yeah. you were in a, went into an escape room and all the puzzles were the same, like literally, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of what, what this feels like. like. There if, you go. If all the if yeah, if everything looked like a card, mm-hmm. 
something. That's what this would be like. Well, we'll get into that, but first, of course, uh, welcome to Roll and Move, the internet's podcast that takes a look at all the uh, weirder, more strange board games out there, and we break them down, we see what makes them work, what makes them not work, what, uh, you know, and if, if, they have a, if they have a right to exist in this, uh, this pain... <laughs> This pained world that we live in right now. I'm your first co-host, one of the creators of Rough Draft Games, Thomas Schungerberg, and with me here, as always, is Garrett Lively. And Thomas and I did complete a marathon of of escape rooms one time in LA. We did. I think we, we did. did We've actually done quite a few. Yeah, We've we done did four in like two days. So that was yeah. That was a much better experience. I'm, I'm happy to yeah. happy to report. Mm-hmm. And also with us is Jeff Lee. Um, I've always thought if I tried to do what Houdini did today. Um, but was able to ask her hints at any time what that would be like. <laughs> I can't really get out of this. Anybody mind? You got a key, spare key on you? Yeah. <laughs> just, just from coincidence. I, have, like, I haven't used any of them so far. I'm just going to use this one key this one time. It's not that big of a deal. You're sitting there. You know, your partner's drowning in a giant tank of water, banging on the glass, and you're just like, can I? You turn to the host of this show. You're like, can I get a hint? Like, <laughs> kind of having know, a Do you happen to know Morse code by any chance? <laughs> I don't think he's using Morse code, sir. I think he's just banging on the glass. <laughs> I think we got. I don't know. That's no, that, no, 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 no. Long, 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 short, long, short, yeah. long. <laughs> okay, there's a big pause between them now. Okay, he's still pausing. All right, so no, very no. long. So you, <laughs> very yeah, long. You get a long, 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 long in there in that Morse code book. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's so many different like mechanics when it comes to escape rooms and I, I'm afraid, I am afraid that that is one of the things that we're going to lose um, when the pandemic is. You know, all said and done, um, like how many, you know, because everything is so tactile, those tactile experiences. Just out of coincidence, there's so many things that you can you can theme them around. Garrett and I, one of the th- ones we did when we did sort of our escape room marathon is we did a Houdini escape room. And it was really fun, but it involves, you know, putting yourselves in giant boxes yeah. and, and traps and moving walls. I and tried to stab like, Tom with a sword, and unfortunately it was fake. Yeah. But I mean, uh, otherwise, it was a great, great escape. Rip, we'd be introing yeah. the show a little differently, I think. I know, would have been awesome. Flying solo. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Rolling, the only, internet's only podcast about <laughs> bad board games and murder. <laughs> but so, with, with an experience like an escape room, I don't know if the good folks at home have done have done an escape room before. But the uh, to dig into the history a little bit. The escape rooms, maybe you have, maybe you, maybe you haven't done the, like one of the, you know, expensive in-person ones, but back in around like 2006, 2005, escape rooms really started sort of online on like the flash games of like the escape the room games. There was like the red room challenge uh, that was on like new grounds or something along those lines. You could find them on mini clip. You could find them on uh, armor games. There are the flash games where you go around trying to find keys and stuff that would let you get out of the room. And for the most part, with the expensive ones in the early days, like the one that Garrett was talking about, that very much was what the escape rooms were. They were just, find the keys. Got to find the keys to get the code. Get the code. You're able to escape the room. Congratulations. Yep. You successfully completed a scavenger hunt. Right. <laughs> um, but in Los Angeles and San Francisco and California, we actually, and I, I am, uh, for as many things as I like to complain about, and I like to complain about a lot uh, in in you know, this state and sort of the state of our days. Uh, one thing that California and Los Angeles and San Francisco have always had is high quality escape rooms. Would you agree with me on that, Gare? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think you look at the uh, the talent of a lot of people that uh, haven't found their dream gig yet. They haven't quite made it big. And mm-hmm. so they're looking to pour their creative energy a little bit elsewhere. Um, and they right. can come up with some great stuff. You got some actors, you got, you know, 
special effects people, set designers, makeups. uh, You, you, the overall production quality that I saw in California was was, was top notch. You'll find a couple of places like that here um, in Mm -hmm. Austin. Some of them are chains, though, right? So there's some. Some of them are chains, yeah. yeah. So one of one of the better ones here in Austin was actually, I believe, started in California, LA. Yeah. So they Mm -hmm. they ship some of their good people. But yeah, I'd say of the I've been to I believe six different. Uh, companies here in Austin, providers mm-hmm. of escape rooms, and I've done various escape rooms in, in each of them. And probably two of those six have at least been in the same stratosphere as the ones in LA uh, or right. California. I haven't been to any in San Francisco, so yeah. I can't. You, can't San Francisco has some of the best in the world, actually. What, well, there was that one that you did, Jeff. Didn't you do the one that was like 150, like some exorbitant amount? I don't it's, wanna... uh, I did um, the Roosevelt Room, and it's in right. Palace of Fine Arts. That one is like a two-hour one, and it's like a 10, I want to say a 10 or 12-person room escape room. Um, oh. It was incredible, like super, super cool. Um, I wouldn't say it's like, I think production-wise, it was probably on par or like not that much crazier than some of the other ones like the ones we did in la but it was just longer there's just more mm-hmm. so I, I think it's pretty much pretty much the same but gotcha. um, yeah it was it was awesome like totally worth it if you get a big group to go mm-hmm. right so how do you possibly take that experience and this is one of the magical things about board games it's the you really have to find a creative way to take something like uh building an aviary and turning it into a board game right? <laughs> right how do you how do you game that how do you turn that how do you convert the mechanics into something that you can play in your own living room while still sort of uh bringing a new experience to the concept but also preserving enough of it so it feels like that is a, a heavy portion of the game of the, is the source material that you're deriving it from right so today we are going to be cre- creating I'm not excuse me. I'm, I got so totally sidetracked when I saw this. <laughs> My mom sent me a uh, picture of gavel. Yeah, that'll work, mom. Okay. Let me sell this my heard it. That's breaking news. Yeah, that's breaking, breaking news, news everybody. everybody. Breaking you heard news. it here there first. Yeah, we got the old gavel artwork. It's coming through. I don't know if you actually want to keep that or not. So I'll just take. That's it breaking news. Off. Um. <clears throat> so how do you how do you stay true? to the uh the the idea of escape rooms and capture that in a board game well today finally we'll let you know we are playing the game unlocked right there are actually many games that try and do this there's the escape the room games there is some other escape room game that we played in a waiting room (laughs) in san francisco there's there's a couple of them that do this two of them are huge franchises we're looking at one today would you? I would even say that the Time Stories games are sort of escape rooms. Yeah, I I would agree, and I mm-hmm. that was definitely something I would. Thanks for taking my talking point, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we've I, to between you and I, Tom, we I think we've played three, and then you've played. Jeff's one been with Jeff. on every one of them too. Yeah. No, no, Jeff. I don't think Jeff was. Were you with us in Austin when we did the one? I don't the think time Jeff. Time Stories game. No, no, in Austin when we did the. Oh, the escape! Uh, escape oh, no, no, no! I wasn't I with you guys when you guys played that, that board game. Yeah, but I, I have yeah, been. In, I, obviously, in all the time I think Tom, you've probably. actually been in all of them. So I think you've played four, if we include time stories, and and Jeff and I have each played three. So, yeah, I mean, we, and we can kind of talk about all of them because I, I think they all kind of struggle to achieve the same thing that you are, you get in a physical room and the physical surrounding. Of and they all have different tactics too. It's yeah. really interesting yeah, to sort of like like how they try and encapsulate that. 
but today we are looking at the uh, the unlocked series of games uh, that are a little bit more simple. You have some of your escape room board games where they have they patented an entire device where you insert plastic keys yeah. with different ends in order to determine that's your code solving device. That's in the escape the room games. It's like the size of a treasure chest. I always think of like mousetrap like, for some reason. Whenever I see like board games with a lot of like <laughs> physical gimmicks. Like, yeah, gimmicks or like, you know, dexterity type things. Like it just, it seems like a weird um, thing to have. And like, we've talked about this before in the show with like, I think dark tower, like how, trying to implement like you know very very physical components go in board games and usually doesn't go well so but didn't happen today so that was yeah that it didn't happen today at all uh i i would say that this series seems to be a much more simple uh less complex version of an escape room game whereas others have these giant components or they've introduced mechanics like time story of like uh time stories is a time traveling game and you know you can only stay the, the scientific device that you use only allows you to stay in the past for a certain amount of time. That's how they get their time limit, right? Because yeah. in escape rooms, you have a time limit to complete. So that's their way to achieve that sort of, to bring that that, tension. that theme, that yeah. tension that you would have in an escape room and implement it in board game form. This is very much a more of a one-to-one sort of transition right. here that I would say, because you have an app, right? Yeah. So... I think that's where we could start here, Garrett. What do you get if, if we're just going to rip this box open and our phones, right? <laughs> rip them open. That's a, hu- <laughs> that's a huge part of the game. Is our we got to rip our phones open for the for the app here? What do we? Right. What are we looking at in the box when we look at this game unlocked? Pretty simple. It's a deck of cards, and that's it. That's all you get with the unlock series. Uh, they have various expansions that you you can collect. One interesting note: the version that we played. Uh, you mentioned the you know, escape rooms have kind of a little bit been lost and we're missing those since the pandemic. This, the version we played was actually released as a free print and play for everybody. Oh, um, cool. From, from space Cowboys. Right. So they, they released this as a print and play. Um, and it's a package of, I, I think five of their, of their games, but they, I think they have dozens. I, I think they have 20 plus scenarios that you can, you can buy and you just buy a deck of cards and then you do have to have, a free app that you can download either from the the Apple Store or the Google Google Play Store, and it's just an internet. Or I'm sorry, you don't need the internet to to use it. It's just a self-contained app that uh, keeps time. Uh, you enter codes. Uh, you can collect hints from it. You can. It, it does all the heavy lifting. It, it does the problem solving, the the troubleshooting, anything like that that you need to figure out. Uh, anything that would require would require extra components. You know, as you mentioned in Time Stories, you have a, a tracker to try and keep time. This this, this just does it for company, you. It makes it digital. Right? right. This is the same company that does Time Stories, right? I believe so. Yeah, Space Cowboys does. Yeah, they're a French developer or publisher rather, and yeah, they've they've done Time Stories, Sherlock Holmes Consulting uh, Agency, another kind of puzzle puzzling yeah. game, um, and then they've done a handful of just like straight Euro games. They've done Splendor um, and Jaipur. Oh wow. So, <clears throat> yeah. Have you, They're have really you all played... over the board as far as genre goes. It's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big have either of you played the um, the Sherlock Holmes series? I, I've, I, I've heard mm-hmm. it's great. And I definitely want to get into that. Yeah, it's like, same thing, like clue finding, and you can kind of go back and forth between sites and try to figure mm-hmm. out, you know, who did it. And it's it's a single playthrough, but I heard, like, each playthrough is pretty long. Right. So we'll, well yeah, and s- same thing with time stories and these individual scenarios. I mean, these 
for the unlock series they have all been single playthroughs so it, it seems to be something yeah. that they have honed in on as right. far as you know puzzle solving or or bringing in the escape or mystery solving mm-hmm. feeling into the board game form yeah one, one thing that's really impressive too is um i didn't actually know that unlock and time stories were made by the same company until i sort of played this or, or after we played it and i was sort of researching it afterwards but mm. i i had to bring that up as a separate example uh, because it is such a different game, even though it's made by the same company. Yeah, and I yeah. feel like you would one would be tempted, even I would be tempted, if you had like a working story, like escape room mechanic board game, to just completely invest in that series and time stories and unlock. And what I'm willing to bet, I'm like just how because of how different those are. I bet the Sherlock Holmes consulting detective game is something completely different as well, even though it's an escape room. Right researching sort of board games more more of a cerebral experience like it's very impressive that they were able to come up with three very different types of games that would be it's it'd be so easy to retrace your footsteps when, yeah when yeah totally i think of like matt leacock whenever you mentioned that where you feel like pandemic and the forbidden <laughs> series seem like very like they seem like sisters to one another like they're very very similar in gameplay and mechanics mm-hmm. but you know i think um, I've like st- looked through the Sherlock book and obviously I played the time stories and now play the unlock series. Like it, they all feel distinctly different. So I think, yeah, br- kudos to them for what they've done with, a, with their different game titles. I, I think you can also kind of think of it as, um, different markets, the, the escape, these adventures, we, we played two of them today and took us about 30 minutes. Whereas when we're sitting down for time stories, we usually plan you know, three, four hours. Cause you're going to have to go through a couple Usually a couple mm-hmm. tries. We we are not uh, pros. Can't knock it out on the first try. Usually, I'm not um, clairvoyant, so we're not we're not clairvoyant. <laughs> and I think Sherlock Holmes also takes a, a good bit of time, a couple hours probably. So, and then you kind of have like your, you know, these are I, I think fifteen twenty dollar packs versus Time Stories and Sherlock Holmes, which are probably fifty sixty dollar games. Right. Yeah. So yeah. different markets, different different niches that you can kind of cater cater those games to, and still kind of scratch that same itch for you know someone like me who has different people that they're trying to appease when they're bringing games out. You know, if I right. if I want to play something, you know, with my my family, my mom, my my dad, or anything like that, I'd, I'd probably bring something out like Unlock. Whereas if I was you know playing some of you guys, something a little grittier, something a little heavier. You know, yeah, break like up, again, break like time stories. Matt, you know, like Forbidden Island is pretty light. It's like I always call it like Pandemic Light. You know, it's right. Pandemic isn't that bad, but um, I still wouldn't play Pandemic with someone that wants to play a game in like 15, 20 minutes or 30 minutes. Sure. So, um, mm-hmm. but it still feels like I think you can have a shorter game, and that's even though the, the format may dictate the gameplay. You know, what's great about what they've done here is that they don't rehash the same thing just in a smaller format, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah so, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this game, one of the reasons that I think it makes it so accessible is because of the combination with the app and how they have, they've mm-hmm. allowed the app to do a lot of the heavy lifting, whereas right. with, you know, some of the more, some of the tougher games like Sherlock and, uh, I don't know if Sherlock uses makes use of an app. Time Stories does not make use of an app. It does not. It's usually it's much more in game uh, with you know its its narrative devices. Yeah. So uh, Sherlock Holmes Consulting originally Consulting Detective originally came out in 1982. So I think they were the first game to use an app, but I'm not 100 percent sure about that. Gotcha. 
Um, so for unlock, you have... Uh, let's go into the actual mechanics and how the game works. So you have a bunch of different scenarios. We played through, you know, this, uh, this gambling one uh, where we were trying to find... Break into this... The story's a little light here. It's very light. You're, yeah, it's like you can hear, listeners at home. If you can tell we're struggling, it's because the writers of the game struggle as well. But yeah, um, right. Like it's just a mob boss that locked you up, and you have to get out, and that's it. Like they don't even tell you. There's no conclusion. Yeah, there's a guy in a beige suit. I know that much, and I was like, okay, uh, we got out. <laughs> you said beige, gotta, really? That was like the first yeah. comment that Thomas had. Why beige? Yeah. <laughs> beige suit. Oh, classless. Um, but yeah, so you're trying to break in and you get to the end of the this? first series. I don't know what you're doing. Read it, Garrett. Read it. Read it. Read it. All right. So Las Vegas, Nevada. You're taken to a man in a beige suit in a hallway of a hotel casino. He speaks to you. It seems that you are the best of the best investigative services. Today is your lucky day. You are going to have the opportunity to prove it. Behind me is the hideout of a man suspected of illicit activities. Illegal game organization, rigged betting and a massive cheating. Infiltrate his room. Find the evidence. We need to charge. Sorry, we need to charge him and get out quickly. And then it just says, "Launch the app and clicks start." <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> minutes. <laughs> like that's that's it. Like that's I don't story. know if I'm a cop. I'm an investigative service, but we're getting out quickly because I don't know if it's illegal for us to be there. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's, so there's a lot of there's a lot of questions asked. Uh, they do a little better with the second one. It's your classic Indiana Jones. Uh, you're looking for a fabled statue in a cave, and uh, you know, good luck finding. Yeah, it, I wonder you know, if we just got get out for the gambling one. We just got bad draw, and that's why we wanted to play a second one for the gambling one. I don't even think we got we did what we were supposed to accomplish, right? I don't think we got any evidence, did we? Like, I don't remember. No. We, we just, diffused. We didn't die. <laughs> we, yeah, we just for some reason there was a bomb and we diffused the bomb. Yeah, spoilers. Ahead, but yeah, there was a bomb and we didn't die. That's so there it was. I think we found a picture think, of the suspect's son. Yeah, we did find a picture <laughs> of the suspect's son. So really, nothing. We we yeah. just we did nothing. <laughs> I that yeah that that's pretty bad. I think that's why we had to play it. Like when we're like, I mean, it works, but I just don't understand what they're trying yeah, to yeah. do with it. We figured out the year a son was born. Not only yeah. uh, I think that like, he had a son. Theme is so important, right? Like, in, especially in a room right. escape game. It's like oh, yeah. you know, usually, well, when I when I try to pick room escape games, I try to one look at the difficulty because I want to play something that's mm-hmm. difficult because we played mm-hmm. so many of them now. And that, and the second thing is, I want to pick a theme that's unique and interesting. All the other ones, like, <laughs> I'm sick of prison escapes. Like, there's a million. If you guys are listeners of the show and happen to also own a board game or a, a room escape. Stop doing prison escapes because everyone else has one. Like everyone has one on tap. Like, oh. what if I do a prison break, prison escape themed room? I'm gonna kill you because it's still <laughs> dumb. It's <laughs> all Tell the same. About, there's the the one that we did in. Uh, so I can't remember this. This was with for Jeff and Bill's bachelor party way back in what was this? 2016, <laughs> Jeff. 2014. 2018. 2014. Oh, uh, unless I've been married I, longer I, than I Like 2008. <laughs> yeah. Happy five-year anniversary. Um, this is 2018. We went down to uh, – we're hanging out in San Diego, California, bachelor party. And, you know, we, we, we find ourselves a good deal on Groupon for an escape room, you know. <laughs> nothing like nothing like having a good fun and getting it done, getting it done under budget. Ahead of schedule, under budget. <laughs> and we get to this place where this escape room is going down. And I wish we had gone to the website beforehand. Garrett and I re- somewhat recently went to the website 
it's broken English, and the guys, we get into the escape room, and it's this tiny little, and this isn't too surprising, but it's like this sort of rundown shopping center sort of place you had to park behind it. That can sometimes happen in Los Angeles, but what matters is on the inside. Well, on the inside, this is just... <laughs> It, it, it's like they took an office room and they made some fake plastic uh, prison bars. They locked you inside there. You know, the guy gave the explanation of the room. Yeah. He's like, you're, you're in prison room. He was Russian. Your prison room, escape, walk in the jail, friend. He frame <laughs> you, frame you. Alexi, Alexi, frame you bad. Frame, Alexi, bad. You got to get, uh, get out. Get uh, and get Alexi. <laughs> the 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 overall feel and the decor of the room felt very much like I, I don't know if any of the listeners experienced this, but in our schools growing up, there we didn't have enough room for all the teachers to have their own classrooms. So we had these trailers outside of the. Oh yeah, the it did feel like <laughs> and so they tried to make the trailers feel like a classroom. You know, you'd have that fake faux wood paneling up. You'd have the. Uh, you know, the push pins, like trying to stab like plastic laminated pit posters onto the wall and <laughs> right. they, they, it just doesn't work. Uh, it very much, that room very much felt like you had to nail down things because you know, yeah. the trailers always, always <laughs> cold in those. <laughs> it was always colder. Yeah. The, the, the feel of that room felt very much like a, uh, a trailer. And when we were growing up and going to school, it was, it was pretty rough. I, I would <laughs> equate this unlock game more to the 2000, and uh, to, to that type of escape room, because that's very much a much in the style of like an early 2014, 2015 escape room where it's all about collecting keys and sort of solving stuff. There were yeah. a couple of puzzles. I, I appreciated the birthday puzzle. But the second one that we played was more, I, I don't know if it was a later expansion in the Unlock series, but it felt like more they had hit their stride. Um with the second one does it normally cut do those two normally come in the same pack gear i don't know for sure it, these these four or five i forget what it is just they released as the story the definitely felt better like you know and you're and i think even so you get like these map cards and they kind of give you just a high level overview of what's in the room um how it's kind of laid out and you kind of get you could kind of get some ideas from it like oh I might move this object to affect this other thing, or sure. um, there, I noticed that there's something on the wall here. So I, I, I like that aspect of it. I think that's really neat, um, and it does make you kind of feel. If you've played escape rooms before, usually you expect like a second, maybe even a third yeah. room at this point. Um, and so yeah, I'd say for, it definitely had that feel more so than that first game. The first game just felt right. like. First game felt like the Groupon escape room, and the second game felt like better <laughs> yeah. production value. So I, so I didn't talk about this when we opened the box up, um, but the cards come in different varieties. So you have basically what are your tools and clues cards, which are going to be blue and red. And they have a cool mechanism where it's like you always combine a red card with a blue card if you're going to combine the cards to mm-hmm. to, to do something. You know, So you'll find a key and you'll find a locked chest uh one will be blue one will be red if you combine them adds up to a number go find that card um you have gray cards which are just details usually uh you have green cards which are going to be app interactive cards so sometimes they're like you know slide puzzles or you know uh, a twisty puzzle or you know any any classic like you know 99 cent app that you could go find on the store and, and just have like a little puzzle to 
mind your time. Right. They have a bunch of those on the app. And then you have uh, yellow cards, which are going to be specifically four-digit codes that you're going to punch into the app. Um, and so those are that's the basics of the game. The rule book is actually super short and super well-written, so it's super easy to, to just jump in and start playing in any scenario. You don't have mm-hmm. to necessarily go through a tutorial one. So um, what's nice about that is you pretty much always know what you're looking for in this game. And I remember when we were playing the Escape the Room game, we were just like, uh, do I enter a code? Do I just, is this a clue? Like, what do you do with the information right. that you're presented? Yeah. And it's really tough to do that with, with puzzles. And that's what, you know, usually makes good escape rooms is it's challenging, but you are able to see the path that the creator wants you to head down. Right. So if there's a reason to count books on a shelf, there's some indication that you should be counting books on a shelf. You're not just like randomly, Yo, oh, the, co- the code was to count all the b- white books on the shelf. And you're like, well, how would I know that? And you're like, oh, well, there's, you know, seven white there's, books. You're like, it's clear. It's circular. It's clear, yeah. yeah. If, if, if Instead, if you find the the perpetrator's journal and he says, I love, I love my collection of white books for, I don't know why he would like his white books, but, you know, go with me here. Uh, you know, it, it gives you some reason to count the white books and you you know that you have a clue. So I do appreciate that in this game. They they kind of give you guidance on like, all right, this is the type of card you're looking at because it is very hard to translate that into a deck of cards, right, to you know, if you're, there's a, a wall we were looking at. And if you just are looking at the wall, I think you made this comment, Tom, you don't know if you need to push different tiles on the wall if you don't have that tactile feel for it. Um, so when the card labels it, okay, this is a code, then you're like, oh, okay, I need to, I need to be searching for how to decrypt this. Yeah. I think right. one of the big things that first time room escapers like kind of learn um, in the, the real physical rooms is that like, what is the format of the game? Like, I, um, meaning like, you know, if you find a four digit padlock, you know, you need to find a four digit code. So it kind of helps you match code to code to padlock or, or whatever. Um, these room escapes have started to evolve where they're not always using just digit codes, which is great. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, other times there might be like, um, directional keypads. You have to find that somewhere. So you kind of know what you're looking for. And so that's one thing. The other thing too, is that generally key codes and passcodes are kind of one-time use like you use them and discard them um sometimes you might if you get a tool you might get to use it again and again um typically that doesn't happen so you notice people will discard or try to clean up uh once they've passed a certain checkpoint in their uh room escape experience so that that's something that i think this game does as well um and i'm trying to think about what else that you know it does correctly but like that that's the thing like if you you know i I like that they're in this game they tell you to discard certain things because you know they don't want to lead you down red herrings i have played escape rooms where you get codes and they're complete red herrings and you just waste a lot of time on it and it always feels really cheap um so i'm glad that they don't do that in this in this game i mean there are times that can lead you down incorrect paths but mostly it's mostly it's your fault i think (laughs) Um, and they've kind of considered it I, I love I love do I do love uh, asking like the people who are running the rooms like what is this supposed to be and whenever they have to tell you that it's a red herring they always look away they never look in your eyes because <laughs> they, they know they're ashamed they know yeah. it's not the right thing to do that's a, you shouldn't be shouldn't be giving out red herrings unless it's like unless there's a plot reason for it right unless sure. like the guy knows you're on his tail yeah. and is trying to mislead you then yeah you can have a red herring because it's narrative and you know it's 
it's embedded in the story. But if it's just the creators going, no, nope. this will show them. Yeah. Yeah, the, this will show the players, them. The players are going to create plenty of their own red herrings if if yeah, yeah. if it's you know, if it's, it's well, if it's decent. Well, yeah, I think like with right. the red herrings too. Um, if sometimes I've had a red herring, but then they give you like a small sliver of information that leads you somewhere else. You know, right. so like you're like, oh, I, w- I thought this was going to happen, but then there's like a twist. Um, I think that's fine, but yeah, sometimes it, I've seen areas where they just give you codes that you're like, I'm not supposed to know what to do with it. Or I've had one instance where it's kind of our fault too, but um, in a physical room, you know, sometimes they'll cycle the rooms, meaning that they'll like change the room to be another theme. And I spent like an hour looking at this, like this chain on the floor. And I'm like, why would they, what are we supposed to do with this chain on the floor? And so we, we went through the whole game. I had to ask them and they're like, oh yeah, that was for a game we did in October. <laughs> we just never took it out oops and i was like oh, jerks God. Yeah, yeah it's a little rough and it, yeah one thing one thing too with escape rooms is you you get pulled out of it if mm-hmm. it, we had this situation tom when we were on this um submarine and it was sinking and there's a digital component of it component of it where we had to stomp on the f- different floors almost like ddr and <laughs> the screen quit working and so the guy had to come over our, our walkie-talkie <laughs> and say Oh, the computer screen now says lean to the back. And you're like, okay, yeah. So you get completely pulled out of it. So I think one thing with with board game format is you're never quite as deep in it. You're not necessarily, I mean, you know, maybe you're dressing up as Indiana Jones to play this 30-minute game, but generally that's not going to happen, whereas the escape rooms usually are providing costumes and whatnot. So I, I feel, I think you're right that they're just saying, all right, puzzle, 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 puzzle. And maybe mm-hmm. not necessarily focusing much, so much on theme, um, which yeah, I, I think is can. you know can work to its benefit because you aren't necessarily yanked out of it or pulled out of it or you know feel. It, to me, it didn't feel so bad to ask for a hint in this game. I hate asking for hints in in real escape rooms. Like yeah. it, it's just like it makes me feel so rotten. For, for <laughs> just yeah. like I'm an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically, are you stupid? Are you stupid? Push this button if you're stupid. I'm a stupid idiot who poops his pants, pees yeah. his pants. <laughs> like, I would love to see that in an escape room. They just say, if you need a hint. Can you imagine if they, because um, there's it's always, like, you know, usually when you ask for a hint, they give you a walkie-talkie and you ask for a hint. Yeah. And there's a guy on the other side. Can you imagine if the guy, like, chastised you? <laughs> or, like, you, you ask for a hint and he's like, the first thing you hear is, <sighs> <laughs> really you have to, I, I'd make people ask for hints I'd have to say you have to say mommy 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 I need a hinty 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 <laughs> <laughs> like, just the most they like say it once like, degrading no, no, three crap no nope, three times that's the magic yeah. phrase but I, I get it yeah in this game it did not feel bad asking for a hint you just went doot doot on the app and then you you got it mm-hmm. and I sort of like I, I like I like making you know the stakes of having of going for a hint a little higher and that that is something that's going to be difficult to translate into a, into a board game yeah. because, and in, in in an actual game you're trying to you know is it it's your honor versus completing the room which do you want big guy you know <laughs> oh no no so um I'm trying to think of something else that I want I think to say one thing about. I wanted to touch on was the mm-hmm. games almost always started with an hour and then almost always took away thirty minutes. That's true. <laughs> and it was really yeah, annoying. Um, that's not something I've ever seen in an actual room escape. Like, you know, I think part of a good room escape is that they are appropriately, the difficulty level is appropriately set so where you are almost always just finishing in time. You know, like, yeah. they, you I feel think like you're up against the clock. Yeah, you feel like you're up against the clock. And I would say, like, 80% of the people that do happen to finish finish within five minutes of the time. Like, 
yeah. five minutes before. And then the people that are really good, like like the record breakers are usually like 10 minutes before. Um, and that feels right. really fast. Like I, I, it felt really cheap to me that they were like, well, uh, you did this thing and there goes 30 minutes. And you're like, why? why? Like it doesn't, <laughs> yeah. like it never felt yeah. like, it never felt like it was a good, right thing to do. I would have just had them make it a 30 minute game to begin with. And then just like set the time appropriately. Yeah, I totally agree. And because I, I was actually looking through these and like trying to pick scenarios that were an appropriate time so we could, you know, play it, record I, the episode, and whatnot. I had <laughs> one real life experience where that happened. We were doing a we were doing a room uh, by the Maze Escape Room Company, who's really really good. Um, they're the ones who did Sky Odyssey, Garrett. Yeah. Um, uh, so the room that I was doing for them was a Cold War room where you're investigating these people who are suspected of being spies for the Soviet Union, mm-hmm. and you're going through their apartment, and uh, while you're going through it, you know, you have an hour on the clock, you open up this picture frame, <coughs> and all of a sudden it's like, it, there's a phone number, and you call the phone number, and it's like a bomb has been activated in the room, and like this picture frame just pops open uh a second time and there's a bomb inside of it <laughs> and it's like that's gonna go it's gonna go off in uh 10 minutes <laughs> and you're now ev- all efforts are concentrated on diffusing this bomb right. um and we got it diffused we got it like it, it was fine it was an easy enough puzzle that we were able to get it diffused within like five or ten minutes sure. but there was a second where we were terrified because we were just like we we're only we're only eight minutes into the room <laughs> and we're gonna die yeah um i i don't think i think i remembered asking him i was like what happens if like you don't like defuse the bomb like is the room over do you quote unquote die and he's like uh no the bomb just doesn't work <laughs> <laughs> so i was like they don't they don't take you out of the room They're, whereas with this so game, that's kind of neat yeah yeah with the, with the climax yeah. of the one we played in here in unlock was you trigger a bomb it cuts the time in half you're down to 30 minutes and then once you defuse the bomb it, that that's the that's the end of it. You've you've won. So it's it's just a it's a little bit more cheap. It feels compared to you know it's cool that they did something like that and they they make you force your attention on one object in the escape room that you're talking about. Yeah, just and for a little I, bit, I think that's yeah. nice. And it, the guy says, all right, you don't actually you wouldn't actually lose. They have a cool little. I mean, you know, it, it maybe that's also a little bit cheap that you don't die in it. Yeah. You know, they, they've, but they found a way to do it, right? Like they, they found a way to, to make everybody look at something and say, all right, you have to work on this right now and, and kind of rise the, raise the tension for everybody um, mm-hmm. while also not completely ripping them off and <laughs> forcing everybody to pay 40 bucks for a 10 minute experience. Yeah. Sorry, dude. <laughs> you lose. I, I've never actually been in a room where they uh, force kicked you out, first kicked you out. Um, at the 60-minute mark. Yeah, they usually have some cleanup time that doesn't take that long, and they kind of, you know, yeah. figure it into the total. The, the only time. one that I've been kicked out of because we didn't finish was the one I did with you and Daniel Garrett. Uh, that sort of saw room experience. Yeah. In the yeah. shed. And we and we were right there. We were yeah, right there's there. another, another aspect of physical escape rooms that is worse than board game versions of escape rooms is you sometimes don't have the finicky nature of the, the Jerry rigged systems that people have put together in those escape rooms. We lost that escape room that you and Daniel and I did because I put on this headset and it was triggered by me sitting down on a chair, which was like pressure sensitive. But Mm -hmm. if I, if I raised up from that chair, it would stop the recording in my headset. And, And like, that just makes no sense 
you know, thematically for, for, for that to happen for any reason whatsoever. It should, you know, it, it, it wanted me to sit there just to be in that spot. But um, once I once I got up from that seat, it completely restarted this like two or three minute recording. So, so <laughs> yeah, that was a, that. But you don't necessarily have that in the board game format because it's very focused and you know they have these systems that they're working within and you're always using these same systems so, so i feel so like that's less of a yeah. problem so in, a, in, a, in some ways like in the board games they've cleared up a lot of the things and a lot of the jerry rig stuff right that is a, a problem in escape rooms but sure. you lose a lot of the thematic thematic elements. so it's Absolutely. sort of like striking striking a balance how well are you able to, to put get the narrative across with the yeah. puzzles luckily in this game so going back to the game for a second, are the puzzles are pretty good, I would say. Like mm-hmm. there were a couple of puzzles that are head scratchers that were staring at for like longer than ten minutes, about ten minutes, yeah. and then there are some where it's just like you're you're blasting through them. So there's actually a pretty <clears throat> good balance of difficulty uh, as far as you're trying to guess the password. You see that it's a profile picture of the guy's son. You find a picture of the guy's son, and it says 2009 in the corner, but he's got a birthday cake in front of him with eight candles, so you're like, okay, it's probably his son's birthday rather than the year that his, you know, this picture was taken, so you subtract eight from when the picture was taken and yep. get the password for the computer. That's a, you know, a quick two-minute sure. password. Yeah. Uh, whereas, uh, you know, you might have a longer one when you have, for example, the the card one. <laughs> the where there was 52 cards yeah. sprawled out on the floor. <laughs> and then you got to figure out what is what is it asking you to do. That is that is the toughest part, I think, yeah. with, is the, the biggest head scratchers in the game are where you're trying to figure out what exactly the puzzle wants you to do in order to solve it. Yeah, and like um, I, I think all of us have come across that in a regular room escape where you're, you you figured out everything that yeah. you can and you know that this is the next puzzle and you're just kind of staring at this one thing right. to, to move forward. Yeah. And, and that's kind of the point uh, you, you want to have good guidance and puzzles to where you should be able to either not clearly see, but basically see, you know, the path you need to be taking. Um, I, I think one of the things with cards and like how they had arranged the cards in the, in the puzzle that we were doing is they had a lot of similarities. Like they asked you to find four numbers and they had four rows of cards and then they also had various codes that would have worked within that. So, like, we counted all of a certain suit in each row. And then we looked through and we tried to add, you know, numbers together or whatever. We tried to find specific patterns within those cards. Um, and I don't think it's, you know, I, I think probably that was a fair puzzle because, you know, it's, it's asking you to find a missing number. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it's it's not abundantly clear necessarily when the cards are all, sh- all shuffled. So, you know, it, it does take some time, whereas, you know, in, in the escape rooms, you can you can just be completely lost because, you know, the, the creator was not on the same same wavelength whatsoever with, right. with the person. Or you think that maybe there's another clue that I need in order yeah, to solve this Yeah, right. I think this is like a lot more focused and I think it reflects sure. in the time. Um, whereas yeah. like a regular escape room, you could be like, well, maybe I didn't find something else in the room. You know, like yeah, here I, you pretty I, much know you have everything in front of right. you. Right. Another really smart thing they did in this this game is they tell you when you're done with a tool so like if you use a red card and a blue card combine them together to open a chest for example the next card you unlocked it tells you all right get rid of the cards you just used you don't need those anymore those are those are gone so it's a lot it's a lot better at like keeping you on track not Mm -hmm. you're not going back to all right do we use this bowling ball again do we need to weigh something else down you know it's whereas i feel like i have that experience all the time in escape rooms Mm -hmm. like am i actually done with this you know, um, and I've and I've been in escape rooms too, where they say 
you're going to use everything once. And then after you've used it, you, you can be done with it. So I, I, I think you need to have kind of, yeah, yeah it, it's nice to have that information. Um, there may be, you know, the hardcore players that say, don't give me any hints. I'll figure it out myself. And they push the, push the guide to the wall as they walk in and lock themselves in. <laughs> but I, I think for, for most people, they, they want to feel good about it and feel like they're making progress right. and not get, not get stuck on something based on, you know, more or less a technicality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, so I, I think that there's, there's actual, just like, just like we were talking about like how you want to do when you're creating a board game uh, in order to explore a specific narrative, like, you know, uh, wingspan building an aviary. <laughs> if it's true enough to the source material that it ha- that it's calling from, uh, while also adding adding different uh, different mechanics that sort of tighten it up in ways and, and sort of make it really work well in a board game. And I think this does a fairly serviceable job doing that, actually. Yeah. Um, do you guys want to go into some reviews of what other people are saying about this game? I can't open Chrome, so I'm going to have to rely on you guys to. You can't to help open me out Chrome. This. I can't open Chrome. It's just not opening. I'm going to have to restart my computer, and that's going to be a process. We're going to have to stop the recording. You want to, you want to stop uh, jump back on right the now. Zoom call, and uh, so I'm going to have to rely on you guys to get some sweet, sweet, sweet ratings for us. Okay, I got, I got one here. Uh, so this person actually didn't rate it too well. Um, he says, being the first game in the series, the puzzles felt lackluster and unrefined. The game suffers due to a lack of machine mechanism. Aside from perhaps one brilliant moment, I would advise skipping this entry altogether. So, sort of, you know how we sort of talked about how I think the game that we played was actually a mixture of several of the different games from several of the different packs. Yeah, it, it, I think it's their print and play, just like samples right. of. It's like a sample yeah. of them. Yeah. I, I would say that the first one that we played was probably from their earlier packs. Um, but one thing I wanted to note about this review here, I think this guy has a certain, this, he's got a point. Um, he says that there's one brilliant moment. And one thing that's important to remember about escape rooms, and my friend who, uh, the first escape room that I did, I did with Jimmy Chang, the, the other creator of All Rise, who's out here in Los Angeles with me. Um, he said, he, he tells me about escape rooms that he loves to do all the time. And he says a really good escape room has something called an aha moment. Uh, the aha moment of an escape room is where you're probably around maybe 35 minutes in and you're a little bit more than halfway, maybe maybe 35 to 40 minutes in, and it's where the room opens up, right? Where yeah. you you think you're in this one chamber and you've discovered everything there is uh, about the narrative and about the chamber and you think you're making pretty good progress to uh, get towards the towards the ending goal and then all of a sudden something happens and <laughs> then you realize oh you've only just begun yeah like right. that is that is the aha moment and it takes place in a different a lot of different ways you you find a secret passage or you find a a hidden you know something that takes you to another part of the room um sometimes you can have multiple aha moments where you 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 there's this there's this unveiling of a completely separate part to the to the adventure that you're on. I think one of my favorites was a Sky Odyssey. We found out that there were two different endings that mm-hmm. you could yeah. actually yeah. get, and we're like, "Whoa, are you serious?" Like it was it was pretty crazy. The fact that like we had to make a choice as far as what ending we wanted to achieve, mm-hmm. and then if you have time, you can go back and get the other one, which is also cool. Um, but there are. One thing that I didn't mention before, there are aha moments in this game 
where you open it up and you get to a new geographic location, you have more stuff, and it's like you solve a really difficult puzzle in order to unlock that extra part of the game. Um, and that's something very important that the brain game brings to the table. So unfavorable review here, but totally on the money with uh, with that aha moment that this game does manage to capture inside of it. Yeah, I found one from um, the other, uh, I guess, episode or you know playthrough called In Pursuit of um, Cabricon that we played. And the review reads, let me just pull it back up. Um, some very interesting puzzles, some not so interesting. Color-coded puzzles were a problem for our printer. Game hinges on a hidden object, which, is, which isn't great. So this one was specifically one of the print and plays, um, which is interesting. I don't remember that the hidden object was um, necessary for the game. I guess it probably is, but... Yeah. In, and I don't I remember in the rules, do you remember if um, like you hidden objects if they say hidden objects are usually bonuses or if they're required or they don't really say um i i mean in in our i don't remember it saying either way but in both of our scenarios a hidden object was required yeah yeah yeah. so i mean that's that's kind of one of those things where i think they're trying to capture some of that uh experience from a real escape room where you might like oh i noticed something very peculiar about this room so i find it instead of you just automatically finding everything so i kind of like that a little bit obviously there's some ways that you can implement that, um, but right. and in this case, they just make it to where you have to squint. But <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's interesting that they had trouble specifically from the print and play. We played the full version, full color version, which is fine. We didn't have mm-hmm. to print it. This person gave it a six, um, and I think uh, unlock for that unlock um, in pursuit of Capricorn, it got a six point eight. So pretty, pretty close to the average score. Pretty online, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, so since you your Chrome isn't working, Garrett, how about we just give you first stab at uh, putting your own numbers to this thing? Sure, sure. Yeah, I think you make a great point when you're trying to build a board game around something that isn't necessarily meant to be a board game, whether it's making an aviary, whether it's selling diamonds or trading salt or uh, settling Puerto Rico. It, it, it's hard it's up to the game designer to find a fun way to do that and, and make the players see kind of see how that works and how, how it comes together and how the game is, is thematic in that way. And I think this does a decent job. I think one thing you think of when you, when you think of escape rooms is puzzle solving and miniature puzzles. And especially going back to the flash ones that you mentioned um, a lot of those are less thematic, and I, I, to me, this game feels more like those those flash uh, versions of of escape rooms where you're mm-hmm. turning, you're trying to navigate your view, you you inspect the desk, and you have very clear indications of what you should look at. Like you can you can clearly see what you're supposed to interact with, and I, I think this game does a pretty good job of encapsulating that feeling if you're a, if you're a puzzle solver. Um, and one thing that you just can't do, at least with with what we have today, is is bring in the feeling of you know if it is a prison break escape room to Jeff's lament, you're not gonna you're not gonna be trapped in a prison. You're not physically going to be in a prison, physically restricted uh, from going to the other side of the room, right? It's mm-hmm. it's not something you can necessarily do. So it's something you're always going to be missing when you compare a board game version of an escape room mm-hmm. to a card or, or I'm sorry, or to, to a to a physical version of it. Right. Um, that being said, I think there are some things they definitely could have improved on here. 
I do like that they have a very focused view of it. Um, and like, and you know, as we've noted, these are demo versions and earlier scenarios maybe. Um, so, you know, maybe they've refined their craft. I, I think you probably get rid of some of the app puzzles, like the, uh, you know, turning knobs to, to make them line up. I think that's one of the issues with that. And, and I have this issue in real escape rooms too, is usually only one person can do it. And while in many puzzles, one person will solve it, you know, everybody can look at the puzzle and spitball, you know, throw ideas out. Yeah. Whereas if you have a puzzle that's just like trying to, if it's a dexterity puzzle, especially, it's just, right. you know, one person messing around with it. And, you know, on phone apps, you can't just like put it on the table and, you know, hold your index finger over, over it. You're going to block everybody's view. So it, inherently some one person is going to be doing that. I, I feel like that's that kind of a- takes me out of it. That's a really good point, and and these games are noted to be, I believe, for between one to six players or yeah. one to five yeah. players, Groups. one of the two. Groups. You're, there's no way five or six players are going to be able to crowd around a phone and play a little, you know, a tiny little mini game yeah. in order to uh, open the thing. That's just right. for one person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I don't love the time penalties or the just random decreases of time as you mentioned you know i think there's a place for that and maybe if you have like limits of or instant fail scenarios i think time stories kind of does this where you have like okay this isn't connected to your normal lose scenario but if you do this wrong now you'll you'll lose the scenario and i i think you know that can be used to raise the stakes but this game just kind of is like all right now your time's cut in half yeah. and you're like well crap or anytime you guess wrong or look in the wrong place it subtracts additional time so not only did you waste time in real life trying to solve that puzzle incorrectly but now it's giving you an additional time penalty i don't necessarily love that um so i i I think there are some places to go with this but overall i think the system's really cool i think it's an awesome system to use and and Mm -hmm. to look at and to base other games around so it's a impressive impressive feat and you know the the boys over at space cowboys have uh done a lot in the puzzle solving genre so I, I i think it's not all that surprising um and i i do i do really really appreciate the elegance of just having a deck of cards and sending you on this adventure um while there are things i would clean up i i was impressed by the system i am going to give it a 6.5 nice um i'll go next yeah so i think um in general, what I really like about Room Escapes, as I mentioned before, is it's having a really strong theme, um, and and making what I don't like about um, even just Room Escape games in general is that you know they try to what, what they try to bring over was the physical ele- element of it and not necessarily the puzzle solving element, and I think you just can't do that with a board game. Like I think people try it with all these components and things, and I like that Unlock just resorts to using an app. Um, mm-hmm. And kind of has a mixture of the two. It does beg the question of like, why not just go full app? And then you, you're basically back to square one <laughs> with the mini games like right. before. Right. Um, and we've come across that before where I think with Dark Tower, we say, well, why would you play this instead of playing either a video game or a board game? Why do both? Right. Um, so like, I think they did it well enough in this game where it didn't feel like it felt like a tool. It didn't feel it didn't feel like a gimmick. Um, I agree. And it just helped you um, just verify whether codes are w- working or not. I mean, the, the other way to do it is like you have a deck. Like they kind of did it a little bit here and you add more cards into the deck. And if you punch in something wrong, it's hard to do, right? Like how do you know without limiting the number of uh, um, outcomes, like right. which one you're going to? If you pull the wrong card, you do something wrong. You would just know that, hey, like 
it's going to be one of these four. I think Time Stories does it that way, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's, you punch in one of these combinations and you get this or that. Um, but yeah, so I think overall, like, I like that they, like, you, I, you use the word focus, Garrett. I really like that. I think it is a very focused version of mm-hmm. um, Room Escape. You don't get as, all the red herrings. You know what's in front of you. You're not searching around the room for other things. Generally, um, there's some some hidden things, but you're not trying to figure out, oh, is there, is there a hidden compartment under this thing? Can I unlatch this thing? Like, which is some of the fun of a physical room, but in something like this, you just can't do. So they just kind of skip it altogether, which I think is fine. Um, I think, yeah, the biggest drawback to me is definitely the time removal. It just, it felt really cheap. Um, <laughs> everything else in the game, I really, really enjoyed though. Like I think yeah. the puzzles were just enough. Um, the gameplay is roughly 30 minutes it, it, without the time removal thing. I think it was, um, you know, smartly balanced um we played with three people i would say three veteran room escape players and it still felt like some puzzles stumped us so um i think there was a good mix of difficult and hard i'm gonna give it a six and a half as well i i agree i think this game is so elegant and especially what you were saying jeff and how they uh how it's able to verify your correct choices versus your incorrect choices mm-hmm. take something like this where it's just like simple it's simple math you know if, if the card of your predicted uh, outcome or whatever calculation you made is present in the deck, congrats, you got it, super easy. Mm-hmm. Whereas you have Escape Room the game where they freaking patented this giant <laughs> electronic device where yeah. you take different plastic keys and shove it inside this treasure chest device right. in order to make a thing. Like, you have to make sure it's like properly right. It has to be properly situated. In yeah. sometimes, sometimes it can just get it wrong, right? Yeah. Because it's like there's all these working. Oh, I didn't have parts. this key inserted fully. Yeah, fully, or it was slightly crooked, or this yeah. corner of it was up, and then you think it's wrong, and you take it out, and then you try it again five minutes later, and it works. It is so easy to overthink this crap, and yeah. the I so I can't state enough how much they've done a good job of really tightening the experience around it. Um, yeah, the penalties weren't really too necessary. I would like to see... I was trying to I was trying to brainstorm, Garrett, while you were talking about how one person sort of gets caught up uh, solving the mechanical puzzles. And I was like, I wonder if you could do sort of a Jackbox party game, sort of a server, um, mm. in order to give multiple people access oh, sure, to yeah. the to the physical puzzles. If that right. would be some sort of a workaround, it'd be more expensive on their part for sure. But sure. it would be, it it might be able to help them, you know, alleviate yeah. that problem. I, I think you bit. could probably do something simple too, where you give instructions like deal out a card to everybody and don't don't show it, and you guys are needing to feed information to the person holding the phone. Yeah. You know? I mean, we've right. had experiences like this in, in escape rooms, but usually it gives other jobs to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's that experience that, one, we talked about that we lost because of the gimmicky chair, but I was in a room listening, and I had to communicate information out to you guys. So while I was the only one doing something, I had to – send that information back to you mm-hmm. and make you guys a part of it. Whereas with the app, I was just solving puzzles while you guys watched me. So <laughs> try imagine. this, try this Garrett. Yeah. yeah. Imagine someone yelling instructions on how to do a Rubik's cube over your shoulder. <laughs> get a pretty good idea of what that is. Twist but overall, to the right. No, not that far. Right. I I felt like it was the perfect entry level, uh, entry level escape room game. Yep. It is. Uh, is anyone else hear that in the background? Is there someone? Hold on. I think we're good. Yeah. Um, 
the I think it is the perfect entry level escape room game. It's not too complex, super straightforward, in and out in 30 minutes, even though they lie and tell you you have 60 at the beginning. Uh, <laughs> I would give this a I'm gonna play more in the series. I'm gonna give this a seven out of ten. Nice, nice. Yeah. Somebody's gonna have to do the average for me. Uh, I usually use Excel. Uh, what are what are our numbers? I got it. 6.5, 5, 6.5, 13, 20 divided by 3. Uh, that is 6.667. I believe the average on Board Game Geek, Board Game Geek is a 7. Somebody correct me? Depends on the, the version. It is. Yeah, it depends on the, the expansion pack. But some of them are 8, some of them are 6.5. So I'll, we'll, we'll just say yes. Yes, you are correct. <laughs> yes, you are correct. The average is a 7. There we go. There we go. So we're, we're more or less in line with uh, the Board Game Geek crowd. And, uh, you know, it feels good. It feels good to finally be be in line with our peers and, and be accepting and give recommendations here on the uh, podcast that the listener can go out and use so mm-hmm. nice little breath of fresh air a little breath of freshy freshy air excellent well uh you know i i actually was looking up uh, escape rooms while we were talking about this and apparently the escape rooms in los angeles are open right now. outdoor maybe <laughs> I, I don't know if they're outdoor. No, like, it's I'm probably, looking... it probably makes sense, right? Like you just come in with your circle, your inner circle. Yeah, it's two to four group, two to four people. Yeah. The the Sunday uh, stuff for I'm looking at maze maze rooms. They have a it's really awesome escape room called They're Coming, um, which is about sort of a zombie invasion, and that's sold out for today. There's only one more slot for today nice. at 10 p.m. So I'm really hoping and praying that these uh, you know these really talented uh, sort of puzzle rooms are going to stay in business and be able to last to the other side of this thing um but yeah check that out check that out in your neighborhood if there's some escape rooms open go support them because they're probably hurting right now yep. um but uh but yeah in fact that's that's what we should probably go do so we'll wind this up so that we <laughs> can go do it an escape room or a digital escape room or something uh but once again guys we just want to go ahead and say that you can reach out to us if you have any escape room recommendations that you would like to throw our way you can hit us up at rough draft games on twitter we would love to hear from you guys Kyle's going to get in contact with this character if you want to send us a group on for a shady russian owned escape room in the back alley <laughs> you can email us at roughdraftgames at gmail.com i'll also take any game recommendations that you have on tabletop simulator print and plays uh, anything that's easy to play over webcam, I'd love to hear. Um, send us an email, roughdraftgames at gmail.com. If you want to escape your reality or check out possibly another web-based app or mechanism um, to kind of tweak around, there is something called a website that we have, roughdraftgames.com, where you can, you know, if you press the right buttons, you might end up on other episodes of Roll Move or maybe our thematic posts or maybe even stumble upon our game All Rise coming out. Um, well, you can purchase a copy now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, buy a copy now. It is coming out. We're uh, we're finishing up the the uh, I don't know when this is gonna actually hit the airways, but we're very close. We're about 70 percent of the way, seventy five percent of the way through, uh, verifying our files and everything's good to go on the uh, on the factory end of things before we get our actual like working prototype. So we're really excited about that. You'll probably see us post something about it when that actually happens. Um, but it's coming, guys. It's coming. It's going good. <laughs> Uh, lastly, but certainly not least, we would like to thank those of you who have gone to iTunes and rated us five stars. It helps other people find the show. If you haven't done so, please, please, please take the uh, time out of your day to go and give us five stars on iTunes. I know you keep telling yourself, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next time. Uh, eventually, I'm going to get around to it. Why don't you do it today? We're cutting your time in half. you got to go do it now. Yeah. got to do it now. 
but yes, thank the, thank you to those who already have done so. Well, Garrett, I think that we are running out of time. I think we have just about hit the end of our rope when it comes to I can't get out of this uh, episode. Can I get a hint? Can I get a hint, Garrett? A uh, hint is honeymoon Hawaii. And your flight is about to take off. You got to go, bud. I'm sorry. Don't say time for you to leave. There we go. Talk to y'all soon. <laughs>